High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Go ahead and turn your Bibles real quick to Ephesians chapter 6. Tonight, uh, we're going to be continuing some of our ministry and teaching that we've been doing on the armor of God. Uh, How many of you know you have a spiritual defense system? Just like we have a natural defense system, we have a spiritual defense system. You know, in the natural, of course, we got our uh, our military, and I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that for our military. I, I, I'm thankful for our nation. I'm thankful for this wonderful nation that we are afforded a privilege and an opportunity to live. How many of you are thankful that you live here in the United States? Isn't it a wonderful place to live? And, uh, you know, we have our freedoms and liberties and things because... Uh, you know, partly because we have a strong defense system, and that defense system isn't necessarily meant to be a system of aggression, but it's meant to be a system exactly what is called a defense system, so that nobody can harm you, nobody can harm the citizens of uh, this nation. But anyway, you have a spiritual defense system. However, the spiritual defense system that we have, it's not natural weapons, okay? Our spiritual defense system isn't planes, it isn't tanks, it isn't missiles, it isn't guns, it isn't knives, it isn't anything in the natural. And uh, Paul begins to make a comparison uh, as we read this passage of Scripture with a natural armor versus spiritual armor. And he's, just, he's using this as an analogy of the spiritual armament that we have. And he's using actually what was commonly known uh, in that day and was seen regularly with Roman soldiers. And he said, this is the armor of God is much like this. The, the spiritual defense system that you have, it's like what you see even on an, uh, a Roman soldier. And he says here in verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of, everybody say his might. See, not your might, not the arm of the flesh, not anything else, but about the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the strategies, the plans of the devil, of the enemy. Now, verse 12, for we do not, everybody say, do not. We do not wrestle. We do not fight. We do not war against flesh and blood. He's saying this, we're not fighting against people, okay? People are not our issue. We have to understand it. But as a matter of fact, if you try to always fight with people in the natural, you'll always end up losing because that's not really where you're empowered. You're empowered to win in the spirit. As a believer, you're empowered to win in the spirit. Your weapons, the spiritual weapons that Paul's going to speak about here, they're, they're mighty through God. Again, uh, this goes along with 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. The weapons of our warfare, they are not what? They're not carnal, but they are what? Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. And it actually says, one translation says, standing ready to avenge you of your adversaries whenever your obedience is fulfilled. That's a whole message just in itself. I will tell you this much. If you want to see your adversaries destroyed, then you got to make sure you continue to walk in obedience. Amen. You can't live in sin and do whatever you want to think, uh, you know, whatever you think that you can do or whatever your flesh may be telling you to do and expect that you're going to end up walking in victory. Amen. But anyway, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
Very pure, and, I mean, it's very plain right there. But against principalities, against powers. Now, again, I want to make sure you understand. When Paul talks about principalities, powers, he is not talking about natural a natural principality, okay? He's not talking about a city. He's not talking about a city government. He's not talking about anything like that, okay? He's talking about spiritual principalities because he just said that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against even anything that flesh and blood can create, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the where? Everybody say heavenly places. See, he's saying that our fight is not here. Our fight is up here, right? The war that we are fighting is not down here. It's up here. And if we win here, then you automatically win down here. You know, that's one of the things, and thank God for our, if I can use this comparison, thank God for our Air Force. We got so many guys in the Air Force, and they'll always tell you that, you know, if you can control the air, then that makes a way so the ground troops can go in and take possession of the land, Right? And thank God we got a bad Air Force, okay? I mean, that's bad to the bone. And Tyndall is one of those key bases, right? Praise the Lord. I think there's some parallels here, but I don't want to go into that tonight. That's not really my message. But he says we're, we're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms. That's what we're fighting with, you know? The person next to you that may be acting crazy, that's not, listen, that's not so much our enemy. That's the person that Jesus died for who he wants to save, right? And you got to see people in that manner. See, we'll never be able to win the loss as long as we're villainizing everybody that doesn't agree with us. And so we have to understand that we are sent to witness to them. We are sent to preach the gospel. We are sent to, yes, raise a standard of righteousness. Yes, we are supposed to stand for that which is right, that which is holy. Can everybody say amen to that? And you know what I've said, and I think most people know where I stand on a lot of issues, and I believe that we ought to continue to stand in that manner. I, I believe life begins at conception. Does anybody else believe that? You know, I believe that God created one man and one woman. Can everybody say amen? Can everybody? I believe that God created male and female, right? Do you believe that? And he didn't create anything else. That's the way God did it, and God did it right. Right? But I, we're, that's what we're going to stand, and we are not going to let go of our conviction. However, listen, just because somebody believes something differently doesn't mean that I'm going to reject them. As a matter of fact, that's my mission field. Are you following what I'm saying? That's my mission field. That's the people that God's called me to witness to. That's God. Listen, that is rather than seeing people as our adversaries and enemies, we need to see it as the dinner bell for the gospel. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. And so often we've had uh, ideas that we got, have to villainize everybody. And I really believe that the Lord wants to give us a heart for the lost. And when you got a heart for the lost, listen, the lost don't become your enemies. They become future converts. You're looking at them through the eyes of grace. You're looking at them through the eyes of what Jesus did on the cross for them. The same grace that was shed, the same grace that was poured out for you is the same grace that was poured out for them. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen? And so we have to realize that. So we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're wrestling with demons that have a hold of people's. Listen, this is the reality. Probably almost everybody in here at one point in time within your life, the devil had a hold of you. At one point in time within your life, the devil had a hold of your mind, had a hold of your, you, some of you, you know, you just let's just be honest with you. You were totally uh, taken over by demons. 
Y'all are a quiet crowd tonight. Right? Right, Alan? Yeah, slam full of them. I love that. You know, this man was a drug dealer at one time. Can I tell you, thank God that somebody reached out to him and said, I see what God wants to do within your life. Right now, what you're doing is wrong. Right now, what you're doing is sin. I'm not, listen, I'm not compromising my conviction because I choose to love you rather than villainize you. Are you following what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, I'm actually just practicing the love of God. I, I'm just being a Christian. That's, that's the way we as Christians are supposed to act, right? If you're Christian, that's what we're called to do. Jesus said, go into all the, go into all the where, world and preach the gospel. You know, the world is full of crazy people. Did, does everybody agree with that? The world is full of crazy people right now? I mean, we got people that are nuts today. You know what? And God's called us to bring a message that will regenerate the nuts. <laughs> that will cause them to come into the kingdom of God. That will cause them to come into their right mind. I'm so glad Jesus didn't villainize the maniac of Gadara that was walking around and going into all the caves and terrorizing people and running around naked all the time. You think it's crazy around here? Think about this. Every time you walked walk that way, had to go home, you're walking that way, and all of a sudden a guy's coming out of the cave and he's flashing everybody. Thank God Jesus delivered him. Thank God, the, listen, the power of God in you is greater than any demonic force in hell that may be loose in the world. We don't need to be afraid of it. We need to charge into the middle of it and say, my God is greater. My God will deliver you. My God will set you free. My God, he is the greatest thing. And listen, what you have been going after is the wrong thing, and God wants to deliver you and set you free. Amen? So there, let's go on. I, I preached a whole other message. Therefore, therefore, because of this, because we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, but we're warring against all these principalities and powers and, and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms and all these agendas that people have that are motivated by demons and devils, because that's what we are fighting with, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, what do you do? You just keep on standing. Having done all to stand, you just keep on standing. You know, I'm not changing my conviction. I'm not changing my position. It doesn't matter what way the world goes. I will tell you that still one man and one woman is the way that God designed it. It will always be the way that God designed it. And nothing that man will ever do will replace that, period. Okay? You can do whatever you want to, but it won't change the word of God. Having done all to stand, I'm going to keep on standing. Right? You know, having done all to stand, you know what? If you're born a man, you're still a man. I don't care how many operations you go through, you're still a man. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. You're born a woman, that's what you still are. You know, I'm not going to change just because of the world, but you know, at the same time, I'm not going to be afraid of them. As a matter of fact, again, it's the dinner bell. I got something greater than what's controlling you right now. I got something greater. You know, I know you're a man, you're putting on women's clothes, but I got something greater than those women's clothes that you're wearing right now. I've got something greater than the spirit that is motivating you to do that right now. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm not afraid of that. I hope y'all hearing my heart here. Does everybody hearing my heart here? 
Stand therefore having your loins girt about, girt about, uh, having girded your uh, waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod, excuse me, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel peace. I shared on that last week. And above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all. You know how many all is? All is every one of them. All is all. All the fiery darts of the wicked one. In other words, not one of them will get through to you. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now notice here we're going to talk just briefly about the shield of faith. Paul actually says above all. See, all of these uh, pieces of your armor are very important. You don't want to leave not one of them off. But Paul actually says this, above all of them, above everything I've said so far, you definitely need to take the shield of faith. The shield of faith is important. Again, Paul is making a comparison. He is comparing spiritual armor to what the people that are reading these letters can readily see that is evident within Roman soldiers and the way that they fight. And what you have to realize is that the, in the Roman part of their artillery was their shield. It was a main part of their weaponry. And the shields that they had actually had the ability to lock together. So when they were out on the battlefield, one of the primary ways that many times an enemy would seek to actually uh, destroy uh, their enemy, whoever it might be, and if in this case, if it was the Roman soldiers coming, that what they would do is they would use fiery arrows. I know you've probably seen the movies that were, you know, from that time frame that have been actually created and how they'll use fiery arrows and they would shoot them high and they would come down and they would just, you know, hope they would hit whoever they could hit. And it was a way that they could actually kill, destroy their enemy. Well, the Romans came up with a way that they could prevent that from actually penetrating the soldiers. And what they would do is when the arrows would begin to fly, they would lock the shields together and it would literally create an entire canopy all the way around them in the front and overhead to the point to where they were protected. And what Paul was saying there is this, when you use your faith, it is just like the shield that the Roman army was using to where a fiery dart did not have the ability to penetrate the army and keep them from moving forward. And so I really believe that what the Lord wants us to understand is that your faith, please get this, has the ability to stop every fiery dart of the wicked to where not one of them will even be able to get in. In other words, the devil will not be able to penetrate your life, penetrate your family, penetrate your peace of mind, penetrate your finances, penetrate your health in any way whatsoever. Not one fiery dart will be able to penetrate and hit you, hallelujah. In other words, you can become impenetrable whenever you begin to use the shield of faith that God has given you. Now, I think it's very interesting that then he pauses again. He's making this comparison with the Roman soldiers, but understand this. 
faith isn't just important for you as an individual. It's important for all of us as a corporate body. Because one puts a 1,000 to flight, but two puts 10,000 to flight. That's the reason Jesus said, whatever two of you shall agree as touching anything that they shall ask, they will have it. Hallelujah. You see, you have to understand, it's one thing whenever I begin to release my faith, but it's a whole nother thing when all of us begin to release our faith together. There is multiplied effectiveness. There is power that begins to be released. And the shield of faith, the canopy of faith is released so that the devil cannot penetrate any of us. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad of that? Amen. And so Paul emphasizes the shield of faith. Now, what I want to do uh, tonight is I want to give you very quickly what I call the primary P's, the five primary P's that constitute the shield of faith. The five primary P's that constitute the shield of faith. These are very important. If you, let me say it another way. Uh, there are certain things that you have to understand about faith for faith to work and faith to operate. And these are some things that I believe in my study and my understanding of faith that you've got to get a hold of in order for the shield of faith to be functioning and operational within your life. And so the first one is this. It is the P called present tense. Everybody say present tense. Now Hebrews 11 Verse 1 says, now faith. Everybody say, now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The first thing that you have to understand is that faith is now. Faith is present tense. Faith is not God's going to do something in the future. Faith says this, I have it now. Look at somebody and say, I have it now. So faith will always say, I have it even before I see it. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. So that means this, when I come up to receive prayer, and the moment that I say amen, praise God, I believe that I have it, and as far as I'm concerned, it is done. You see, we don't believe that we're going to receive something once we see it. We believe that we've already received it before we actually see it. Faith says, I've got it right now, even though my eye may not be able to see it. Understand this, if you can see it, you don't need faith for it. Because faith is the evidence of things what? Everybody say, not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. If you, if you can see it, I, you don't need faith for it. In other words, let me say it like this. I don't need faith to believe that my wife is sitting there because I can see my wife sitting there. I don't have to fa have faith to believe that you showed up tonight. I don't have to have faith to believe that Whit was playing the keyboard tonight. You know why? Because I saw him up here and I heard the piano actually being played. Okay? So you don't need faith for what you can see. You need faith for what you cannot see, what you cannot actually uh, uh, perceive at a given moment or time. What you can't feel, what you can't touch, that's what you have to have faith for. And listen, if you're going to live in this life and have an overcoming life, live it the way that a believer should live, the way that God has designed for us to live, you're going to have to live by faith, which means this, you got to live by what you don't see, not by everything that you see. 
It's, it's interesting to me how many believers today, they live, their lives are dictated solely by what they see, by what they hear, and by what they feel. My friend, it's time for us to get more caught up in what God says rather than what the news headlines have to say. We need to get caught up in what God has said. What has the Lord said? What does his word say? What does his promise say? Amen? So faith is present tense. Faith says, I have it now. Faith isn't one day I'm going to get it. See, God revealed himself to Moses as the great I am. Everybody say, I am. He didn't reveal himself as the I was. He didn't reveal himself as the I might be. He didn't reveal himself as, a, as you know, I will be one day. Are y'all following what I'm saying? He said, I am that I am. I am right now. How many of you know we have to believe that God is right now? He is the I am. He, I am your healer right now. I am your deliverer right now. I am your provider right now. I am uh, your deliverer right now. You see, until we can actually bring it into the present tense, we're not really operating by faith. And so part of the shield of faith involves this. I believe that God's promise is yes and amen. He is the great I am and I have it right now. Look at somebody and say, you got it right now. When you look at Mark 11, 23, 24, we don't have time to go there right now, but faith believes that it receives before it actually has it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive. When do you believe that you receive it? When you pray, not whenever you see it, not whenever you have it. You believe that you receive it whenever you pray. So when I pray, I believe that I receive it, and then what's going to happen? You shall have it. You believe you receive it now so that you will have it later. So faith is present tense. Faith says, I have it now. God is my provider now. I am healed now. I am delivered now. You know, it's time that we begin to take God's word and put it in our mouth because God's word is always present. It is always active. It is always applicable to our situation at the present moment in time. It's not designed just to be something that we see future, you know, down the road. Faith says, I have it now. Amen. The second P is this, positive. Everybody say positive. As you read on down there in Hebrews 11, it says that by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. See, faith has a good report. It has a positive report. Listen, there's so much negativity that's out today, and I don't care where you look. I mean, anything that, you, uh, you know, so many people are, they, uh, please hear how I'm saying this. I, I, whenever I was growing up, and some of you can relate to this, and I grew up in the 60s and 70s, you know, I think the news came on once or twice a day. You had, I, now we had the Daybuster show. Does anybody remember the Daybuster show? Some of y'all remember the day that we're living here, the Daybuster show? And basically the Daybuster show consisted of just news concerning things that were going on in the community, and they had a band. You remember Tom Hips? Anybody remember Tom Hips? And also had an organ player. I don't know who, what the guy, but he'd always shake his head whenever he would play. And they had a drummer, and... Uh, you know, they really weren't that good, but everybody, you know, listened to them anyway. They came on every morning. Uh, I, I was on Channel 7. And uh, so I'm really dating myself, okay? And some of you looking at me like a cow looking in a new game. What's he talking about? I'm just talking about that was the news. That's what we had in the morning. And then in the evening, you'd have 30 minutes to an hour of news, and that was it. You had local news, and then you had a 30-minute national broadcast. That was it. 
Okay, there was no CNN, there was no Fox, there's no MSNBC, no CNBC, no OAN, no Newsmax, no anything else. It was all you, that's all you had, right? So the, the good thing was this. You had a limit of negativity being programmed into you for about 30 minutes and that was it. But in our 24 hour, seven days a week, New cycle that we have. Y'all don't get mad with me now. I'm just telling the truth. There's some people that have gotten so engrossed in everything that's going on, and it's just negativity, 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 and this is going on, and these people are arguing. You know what? Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's actually bred almost hate within our nation for one another. You know what? And I, and I really believe, please, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you watching the news. That's not what I'm saying. So don't, if that's what you're hearing, you're hearing the wrong thing. What I'm saying is this, you better have something to overcome that or you will become very cynical and you will become negative about everything that's going on, period. You always have a negative outlook in life. And hear this, it will quench your faith from operating. Some people, their faith isn't operating because they're so tuned into the bad news and they need to get tuned into the good news of the gospel because God has something good to say to you. And hear this, regardless of what may be going on in the world, my God is still on the throne. He is still greater. Jesus Christ is still Lord of lords. He is King of kings. And his word is going to be done at the end of the day. Amen? So faith has a good report. You know the story of the spies that went into the land they sent 12 spies in the land. What, what happens? 10 of them come back. Well, first of all, two of them come back. Well, 10, I'll start with the 10. The 10 come back and they got a bad report. Giants in the land. Forget it. Let's turn around. They're big. They're bad. We can't do anything about it. We just need to leave. You know, yeah, there's, there, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. Yeah, and the, the produce of the land, I mean, it's awesome. It's great. However... We're like grasshoppers. Matter of fact, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. We're just grasshoppers. We're going to get smashed. That was their report. Two of them came back with a good report, Joshua and Caleb. And they said this. How I many know what they said? We are well able. Everybody say, we are well able. See, they came back. Look, they, they, listen, they, they saw the same thing. That's what you got to get. They saw the exact same thing. Joshua and Caleb saw the exact same thing that the other 10 spies saw. But the report that came back was dramatically different. Can I tell you, you can look at everything going on in the world today, and you can come back with a report of negativity. You can come back with a report, you know, turn on the gas, light a match, goodbye world, goodbye. Or you can come back with a report and say, you know what? Praise the Lord, these giants are bred for us. My God has given us the city. I declare revival will be released. I declare salvation will fill the streets. We sing the song all the time. And I know, what, you know, what, what's the song that we sing? Oh, uh, uh, too good to not believe. That's not a song that we sing just so we can get excited for the moment and go, isn't that wonderful? Whenever we begin to make those declarations, we'll see glory fill the nations. I said, we'll see glory fill the nations. We'll see revival in the streets. See, we have to make those declarations by faith even when we don't see it. 
even when it seems like things are the other way, because that's exactly what Joshua and Caleb did whenever they, see, they were lifting up a shield of faith at that moment in time. You know what? Although the giants, yeah, they're big, yeah, they're there, but you know what? Our God is greater, and he will deliver them into our hands. Why do we need to be afraid? Why do we need to be fearful? Understand that the God that lives on the inside of us, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen? So faith has a positive outlook. It has a positive report. It's going to speak the word of the Lord, the good report. You know, for those who brought back the bad report would have been, let's go up and take it. But however, they didn't. The spies with the bad report were focused on what they saw in the natural rather than what God had told them to do. And by the way, God was very displeased. And he still is displeased whenever we live with a negative outlook Faith has a positive outlook. I believe the promise of God. I don't care what it looks like out there. I choose to believe what God has said. You know, on the heels of Hurricane Michael, how I many you know we had to have a positive outlook? We had to believe what God had said, not necessarily what we were looking at all around us. Because whenever you drive up and down the streets, the only thing you could see was blue tarps. When we drove up and down the streets, all we saw was destroyed houses, homes, and buildings. You know what? And the only thing that we could hear about is how people were fighting with their insurance companies, many of them. And the insurance companies weren't doing what they were supposed to do. But how many of you know we had a promise from God and we had to keep an outlook? Look, they said, Lord, this is what you said, and this is what we choose to believe. And regardless of how dark it may be, we declare that you will resurrect this city. You will resurrect this area. We declare the shalom of heaven to be released in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. So you got to have a positive outlook. Don't get consumed by everything else. I'm not saying live your life as an ostrich with your head in the sand. We know it's happening. We see the things around us but I'm not going to allow that to control what I believe. You can't be controlled by what you see. You've got to be controlled. You've got to allow God's word to be like the umpire within your life, and that settles the dispute, amen? The third P is this, prophetic. Faith is prophetic. Faith speaks the end from the beginning. Faith sees the end from the beginning. Faith has prophetic eyes to see, but some people, I've heard people say blind faith. There is no such thing as blind faith, by the way. Faith has vision. Faith sees things. Faith is prophetic. It speaks the end from the beginning. Romans 4, 17, you don't have to go there, but this was speaking of Abraham. Paul was talking about Abraham, the father of faith, and it says this, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they already did. He calls those things which be not as though they already were. So you have to understand, as Paul begins to teach on faith, and again, here in Ephesians, he talks about raising the shield of faith. We have to understand we have to operate in this manner and we have to begin to get prophetic vision and prophetic insight and begin to speak prophetically and begin to declare and echo what God is saying rather than what talking heads are saying on television. This is the way that God operates. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You think about this, and I've used this illustration before. At the dawn of creation, what does God do? He, he steps out into the middle of darkness and by the way, he doesn't one time make commentary on the darkness. Think about it. 
He didn't step out there and say, wow, it sure is dark out here. Man, it's awful out here. I've never seen such darkness in all my life. You know, we got a lot of people today that are just making commentary on the darkness and saying that they're being prophetic. And I want to just tell you, you're not being prophetic until you start speaking light into the middle of darkness. Because that's what prophetic people, mm, that's what real prophetic people actually do. Real prophetic people start speaking light into the middle of darkness. Because that's the way that God operates. He just steps out there into the middle of the darkness and he doesn't say, wow, it sure is dark. What he says is, let there be light. And by the way, that same creative power is on the inside of you. The same faith that God used to create the world is the same faith that lives on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. Your faith has the ability to create and change the atmosphere. But you know what? If we have all the believers, all the Christians and everybody in our nation and around the world, if we just come into agreement with everything that we see and everything that the enemy is doing, the only thing that's going to happen is we will empower what the enemy is doing. Listen, my friend, I'm not going to empower what the devil is doing. I'm going to empower what God said is going to happen. Hallelujah. And what the Lord said is there's going to be a great revival. What God said is his glory is going to fill the earth as the waters cover the seas. I choose to believe God above everything else. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Again, I'll make sure everybody understands. It doesn't mean I ignore things. It doesn't mean I don't speak out. What it means is this. I choose to believe something greater. And I choose to focus on that rather than focus on the negative things because I got prophetic vision. I'm seeing beyond. See, I, I'm not focusing on, I'm trying to use this as a little try. I'm not focusing on blue tarps. I'm focusing on a new roof. Did anybody get a hold of that? You can either see the blue tarp or you can see I'm getting a new roof. Right? We could either see, and you don't, many of you don't know all of this, but after the hurricane, our roof actually was ripped off of the building. It's a long story. We actually had two roofs on there. I don't know. When we bought the building, it had two roofs. And so, thank God for two roofs. <laughs> uh, two, you know, I don't even know how it happened. We had two roofs. They, they, in the Generations building, they had put the first roof on wrong, so they put another one on there and just left the other one up there. But thank God for that. So when the hurricane came, I got report that your roof is off. But then I was looking at the pictures and I said, I see a roof. Well, the roof is off because it's back there in the back. I said, but I'm looking at pictures and I see the roof is on. And sure enough, the roof was on. There was a roof on. However, when all the screws and all the other stuff came out because it just ripped the top roof off, it left holes for water to come in and there was a lot of, there was some water damage over in our other building. And as we began to look at everything, we recognized, man, we're gonna have to replace everything. Now we didn't have a total water intrusion like you would have if, you know, if, if both roofs, but we, listen, we went for a long time. Many people don't know this. We were our own restoration company. And anytime it would rain, we did this for over six months. Anytime it rained, you know what we did? We called the staff. Am I right, Steve? Yeah, okay. At midnight, and they said, it's storming. We have water coming into the building. 
and all the staff, we would come up to the, uh, to the building and we would run around with pans. We would run around with garbage cans. We'd run around with mops. And we felt like, and about the time, you know, you think, you think finally, okay, this is where it's going to come in at. And the next time it rained, it'd come in like right beside it, not in the same place. It'd come in right beside it. And we were constantly moving things around. And I'm telling you what, at that moment in time, you know, whenever you're going through, I'm going somewhere with this. When you're going through situations, you can get tunnel vision. It's real easy to get tunnel vision. And that's all you see is what you're going through at the given moment. You know what? We had to look beyond that. You know what? I see a new roof. I see no leaks. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. It was hard to dance at that moment in time. But I'm telling you, we had to go ahead and begin to look beyond the leaking that was going on in the roof. We had to look beyond the damage that was there. And can I tell you, praise the Lord, the new roof came. And can I tell you now, it looks better than it's ever looked before. Can I tell you, the new carpet came. Can I tell you, the new chairs came. Can I tell you, the new flooring came. Can I tell you, the new paint came. See, all, all of it happened. The new ceiling came, praise the Lord. But you see, you got to look. I'm only saying this to say this. you got to look beyond where you're at. The shield of faith, lifting up the shield of faith means I'm looking beyond where I'm at right now. I'm looking to something different. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He's in the middle of enduring the cross, but you know what he's looking at? He's looking at joy. Oh, boy. He's suffering, but he's looking at joy. There's joy that's set before me. The joy is Gil is now going to be brought into the kingdom of God. Ruthie's going to be brought into the kingdom of God. David's going to be brought into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Paul, boy, he's a hard case, but he's going to be coming into the kingdom of God too. Amen? Amen? Okay. Are y'all getting anything? I'm coming to a close. The, 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 fifth, the fourth P is promise. Faith is rooted in promise rather than the problem. Faith is rooted in promise rather than the problem. Basically, God said it, that settles it. Faith is a firm conviction that God will do what he said that he will do. This is what it says about Abraham as you read on down in Romans 4, verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Think about that. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. You know, part of faith means this, I don't consider some things. What does it mean? I don't meditate upon that. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not concentrating on that. Abraham had to ignore his own body. He's living in the body. Abraham is living in a body that does not have the capability of reproducing. And he knows that and he's living in that body every day. And the Bible says that he didn't consider his own body. Which means this, he said, God, you said it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but you're going to make it happen. Praise the Lord. You know what, sometimes you don't know exactly how things are going to take place, and it's not your responsibility necessarily to know how it's going to happen. You just have to believe that God said it, and it settles it. Hallelujah. That's the promise that I have. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. His get up and go and got up and went. In the deadness of Sarah's womb, she couldn't have any babies. He did not waver at the promise of God. You see, his faith was rooted in promise. His faith was not rooted in the problem. <laughs> faith, listen, if you root what you believe in the problem, you won't operate with the shield of faith. The shield of faith means this, that I operate rooted in the promise of God. I know what God's promise said, and I know that God will do exactly what he said. I know that God will do exactly what he declared. Let me tell you, I can't tell you how many times that Pastor Stacy and I, we've had to do that. 
We said, Lord, you said it, and you're going to bring it to pass. You know what? It looks like everything is going every other way. People doing crazy things. The natural things going on around it is totally contrary to everything that you said. But, Lord, you said it. You see, that's what you have to do. To, to raise the shield of faith, you have to say, let God be true and every man a liar. So no matter what's taking place all around me, I'm choosing to believe what God said. No matter what's taking place, you know, in their life or somebody else's life, I choose to believe the promise of God. Look at somebody and say, you got to choose to believe the promise of God. See, Abraham was more focused on the promise rather than his own body. Let me say it another way. you got to be more focused on the promise than your own checkbook sometimes. you got to be more focused on, on the promise more than the doctor's report. you got to be focused more on the promise of God rather than what you're hearing in different media sources. Because, listen, don't be led by media voices. I'll say it again. I don't mind saying it. Don't be led by media voices. Be led by the voice of the Lord. Be led by the voice of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say as many as are led by the voices of media, they are the sons of God. It says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen? And I, what I found most of the time is people just looking for a voice that will agree with their, pre, their predisposition. And whenever they find the voice that agrees with their predisposition, then that's the one that's right. And the reason it's right is because that's what I agree with. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for that overwhelming response. There's really a good book out there that you ought to read about it. Anyway, it's more than just that. But, you know, we, many times people get deceived because they think that they're right and they find a voice. And, by the way, you can find any voice. There are voices, so many voices right now in the world. You can find somebody to say what you want to say, want them to say. They're, they're all out there because there's 100 different things that are being said. Well, praise the Lord. I'm just leaving that with you for your consideration. You know, we need to get back to the Bible. Let's just get back to the Word of God. Amen? That's what we're called to preach. That's what we're called to proclaim. See, Abraham, he was more focused on the promise than everything going on around him. Abraham ignored contrary circumstances and natural evidence. Abraham had to speak the promise when there was no evidence of fulfillment. Okay? And here's the last thing. Y'all still love me? That is this. Faith praises. It's the last P. Faith praises. One of the greatest ways that you can begin to lift the shield of faith is you begin to praise in the midst of the adversity. Whenever the circumstances and everything else is yelling at you, screaming at you, you say, yet I will still praise him. Doesn't matter what it looks like right now, I'm going to lift up the shield of faith. With the shield of faith, I'm quenching every fiery dart of the wicked. What does that mean? Is I'm going to praise in the midst of the situation. The Bible says that Abraham grew strong in faith. Romans 4.20, Abraham grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God. His faith became strong. He lifted up his shield of faith as he gave glory to God. That means that in the dark hours, I'm still going to praise him. It means whenever nothing's going right, praise the Lord, I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. It means I'm going to still give glory to God regardless of what's happening and regardless of what's taking place. Can you stand to your feet tonight? Hallelujah. How many of you gotten anything out of this? Well, praise the Lord. That's all right. You're a little late on it now. <laughs> How many of you know that, again, everything I'm sharing tonight comes straight out of the Word? And I'm bringing a... Because, see, a lot of times what happens is people hear something preached, but they don't bring any kind of a natural application into their lives. And, and so what I feel called to do as a pastor 
is help bring some natural application into your life. This is the way it works. And this is what we've been doing. However, we're preventing by doing that the shield of faith from being lifted up. And then we're wondering why we're dealing with this and why we're having to do this. And, you know, why, why is the darts, the fiery darts of the wicked coming through? And I'm telling you, I, I know God's word is true. And I go God's word works as long as we work the word. But it won't work just because you come to a church service. It's going to work because whenever you go out those four walls, the four doors, you got the shield of faith lifted up. And this is how I'm lifting up the shield of faith, okay? I'm not going to be consumed. I'm going to be more consumed by God's promise than anything else. That's what's going to consume my life. What is going to pre what's going to direct my life is what God has said. Not what folks out here are saying. Not what all the people that, you know, every other time they're cussing and doing all kinds of things. They really don't demonstrate a life where they even know God. And I'm going to listen to them. Seriously? You know what? God has some good things to say about you, good things to say about your family, promises that are irrefutable and that will be fulfilled, provided that you listen to his word and you activate it within your life. I'm going to lift up the shield of faith. How many are going to lift up the shield of faith? Come on, just I'm going to lift up the shield of faith in every area. I'm sorry, I'm lifting up the shield of faith. See, whenever I begin to declare, Lord, there's revival. You declared revival. We prophesy and we declare revival in this nation. What are we doing? We're lifting up the shield of faith over our nation. Are you following what I'm saying? We declare that Jesus will reign throughout the state of Florida. What are we doing? We're lifting up the shield of faith over the entire state. Okay? Y'all following what I'm saying? Because my faith is greater than anything that's going on out there. It is. It really is. Amen? And it will change the things that you see. People's hearts get right things begin to change. When, when hearts are regenerated, things all around you begin to change. Every problem we have in our culture and society, it's all because of the condition of the heart of man. That's, what, that's at the root of everything. And we have to understand that's where we have to, that, that's where our weapons are powerful. Lift your hands one more time. I know I went over again. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your anointing and grace. Just, come on, just lift your hands. I want you to pray with this with me. In the name of Jesus. Today, I make a decision to lift up the shield of faith. I will not allow words of negativity, of unbelief, of doubt, skepticism to proceed out of my mouth. I choose to speak and to declare the word of the Lord, the promise of God. I thank you, Lord that my weapons, they're mighty, they're mighty, they're mighty. My armor is mighty in the name of Jesus. I thank you that I am able to destroy the strongholds of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a praise tonight? Hallelujah.
Can you look at somebody and say, your weapons are mighty? Come on, tell them your weapons are mighty. Tell somebody your armor is strong. Praise God. Tell them your armor is strong. Listen, if we'll just use our armor, we'll begin to see changes. We'll see changes in our family, changes all around us, changes in our job, changes everywhere that places need changing. It'll happen as a result of us using the armor that God has given us. If we'll just do it, amen, it works. It will work. It'll work in your life, amen. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.